When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Michigan will try and rebound this week against the Indiana Hoosiers, but we're going to take a look ahead as well as a look back with Captain Carlo Kemp today on In the Trenches. Let's go In the Trenches with John Jansen. The former Wolverines captain and Michigan Sports Hall of Famer will take you inside the locker room with players and coaches. You can drive this team in two different ways. You know, you can drive this team on the on the on the low that we have. We're feeling right there in the locker room. Uh, feed into the feeling sorry for yourself. Feed into the why didn't I make this play? Or you can realize everything that happened. You know, we at the end of the day we lost the game and they beat us. And it's how do we move on? How do we respond? Once again. Here's John Jansen. Welcome back, friends. We've got a lot to get to today before we do that. And while we do that, I want to bring my friend along for the ride, and that's Brian Bush. And and Brian, I know that this is Thursday. Everybody's listening to it on Thursday. Uh, and I know you're a very modest man, but tell everybody what you did yesterday and what came out on the MGO Blue podcasts. Yeah, John, I appreciate the platform. It's been fun to debut something that I know you and I had been talking about for a while of doing a basketball podcast. So Defend the Block episode one is here. Uh, Nas Hillman from the women's team, Isaiah Livers from the men's team, talking basketball, talking about their childhood, talking about uh, some of the things that they've spoken out about in our society here in 2020, talking about the pandemic, too, and and their challenges and and issues of trying to still go to school and play basketball during all that. So I hope you'll check it out. Hope you'll send us some feedback, comment, like, subscribe, review. Uh, We're trying to bring as much to our fans as possible and I mean John as as we've discovered within the trenches these shows conquering heroes defend the block they're going to continue to evolve Um, we want to make sure they're evolving in ways that our fans are hoping for and not evolving away from what they want 
No, and uh, it's a good listen. Um, I had a chance to listen, and uh, it's it's entertaining, it's informative, and uh, it'll be great, especially once basketball gets up and going and we get a chance to talk about real live games. Obviously, it's changed the podcast here on In the Trenches a little bit since we get to talk about live games, and we've got to talk about one in the past that didn't go so well And uh, before we get to 7 from 77. A lot of things we got to do before we get there, but uh, I want to ask you, and, and I know I'll talk about it as well, but... How you holding up after Saturday? It was frustrating. I know you and I were texting back and forth uh, during the game. Uh, it was unexpected, to be sure. It, and you know, I I think we need to realize in all of this that uh, results are going to look a little bit different in this season, maybe than in others. Now that's no excuse, and I know that Michigan's players and coaches won't make that excuse, but. I don't think the season's over by any stretch of the imagination. I think these are, it's a cliche, but I think these really are one game seasons for a number of reasons. So uh, season's not over, uh, but no, I I mean, you can't watch that game, follow that game, listen to that game Saturday and not be frustrated. I mean, I I don't know how you could. No, it it is frustrating and it's it's disappointing uh, because coming off the Minnesota game, it was uh, a lot of excitement surrounding the offense around Joe Milton, around the defense, the you know special teams. Yeah, you know, in that first game, hey, we we had some work to do, and they shored up some of those things. But um, the frustrating part is, and, and I've talked about this a number of times, and I've talked about it all week. Is in football, you have one game every seven days, and when you have a great moment, yeah, it feel that week goes fast. But when you have a game like you did against Michigan State on Saturday, that week seems like it's two, three, four weeks long. And it's just, you cannot wait to get back out there. So, and I know we're going to talk about this more when we get to seven from 77. So I won't, uh, I won't jump the shark too much, but. Before we get there, we hope you'll plan your your fall escape at Grand Traverse Resort and Spa. Take in Northern Michigan's beauty across the 900-acre resort property. Enjoy colorful panoramic views on the 16th floor of the tower at Airy Restaurant and Lounge. It wouldn't be a fall trip without football. Jack's Tap Room is your go-to spot to catch their favorite game, complete with 12 taps, upscale pub fare, and big screen TVs. Or... Get your game on at the Den, Traverse City's entertainment hub located inside the resort. With axe throwing, bowling, and arcade games, you can put your competitive side to the test. Coney sliders, pizza, truffle fries, craft beer, and special cocktails make for the perfect game day. For more fall fun, visit GrandTraverseResort.com. Axe throwing. That might, uh, that might have come in handy, although I don't know that I want to have an axe in my hand uh, after last Saturday. So uh, we'll have to make sure that I'm only there for uh, a victory celebration. That's probably for the best. I have to imagine you're a pretty good axe thrower, though. I, I do like to chuck it downfield just a little bit. I know that uh, your, your football coaches didn't let you chuck it downfield, so I'm glad you get that with your axe throwing. That's, that's a nice little uh, pivot there for you. All right, seven from 77, John. Talked about it a little bit. Uh, Last week, I asked you if the Minnesota game held up on film. That was a fun question to ask. Same question, not as fun to ask this week. Was it as frustrating on film as it was in the flow of the game Saturday afternoon? In my experience, and and I've I've mentioned this before, the film is never as good as you think it's going to be, and it's never as bad as you think it's going to be. 
there are obvious deficiencies that happen that that were exposed on Saturday. That is, you know, being able to stop the pass, being able to get pressure on the quarterback, being able to run the ball. Um, there are just there are a lot of things, and those all showed up on film, and those are all correctable. But what's more concerning to me is what you don't see on film, and that is a response when when you get hit in the mouth. You've got to come out and fight, and sometimes you've got to change the way you fight. Sometimes you've got to. They're they're. You're not going to come out and be at peak uh, emotion every single minute of every single game. But this is a rivalry game. This is this is the in-state battle. This is always going to be a fight. And and you and I have talked about this, Brian. This is one of the most physical games you're ever going to play. And when you get out physical, you get out toughed, and there is not a response to it um, throughout 60 minutes of the game. That is the one thing where there's got to be some some hard questions asked, and these players, these captains, these these you know, this team has to take a tough look at themselves and find out who they want to be because the season is still young. We're only two games in. We're not going to throw this one out, uh, you know, the baby with the bathwater. But you're two weeks in, and you're going against a team that is riding high. Indiana. They went to a bowl game last year. They, you know, very confident in themselves. They beat Penn State at the beginning of the season, coming off another win uh, last week. So they're two and zero. This is a team that has taken Michigan to the edge over the past decade in regards to overtime, you know, needed to beat them, double overtimes at times. So, hey, it's a gut check, and you've got to find a way to respond. Number two on today's seven from 77, that's kind of the broad strokes look at it. But in terms of important issues, X's and O's, schemes, play calls that must be corrected, people were questioning the pass rush or lack thereof the cornerback play, some of the play calling offensively. What do you think is the most important issue or the most important issues X's and O-wise schematically that have to be corrected coming up for Saturday? Well, there's. The, I'll take, just take one on both sides of the ball. Um, and for the offense, it's being able to establish the run, being able to establish, establish dominance at the line of scrimmage because that will allow you to be better pass protectors. It'll allow you to sell the play action passes a little bit better, and it will just make – it just makes life easier when you can dominate the line of scrimmage and run the football. Defensively, I, I think it's it's the most glaring and obvious. It's how do you stop the wide receivers? How do you stop the you know just the the explosive plays from happening? And whether it's a change in scheme, change in personnel, there's a lot of different things that you can do. Um, and along with that is being able to get after the quarterback. If you're going to play man coverage, you can't expect those kids to stay there for six, seven seconds. That's just, that's not possible. You've got to find a way to get after the quarterback, get him off his launch point or get him on his back. And the one thing that Michigan State was doing was they weren't spending a lot of time uh, holding on to the ball. Rocky Lombardi, it was it was almost like clockwork. As soon as one of Michigan's defensive linemen would get close to him, he was launching the ball. And you've got to find a way to, one, get there before he does. And also in the secondary, you've got to find a way to shut down those receivers. Number three on today's seven from 77. Listen, it's tough to ignore the beating that Michigan has taken nationally in the last few days since the loss. How do players insulate from all that? Can they do it completely, especially considering they're not able to go outside a lot and they're not going to classes? This is a pandemic. They're basically Schembechler, or back at their apartments? 
Um, they can insulate as much as they want to, um, but I hope that they don't because when you come to Michigan, when you make that commitment, you're coming to a place where the expectations are championships. We haven't had championships in 2004. Um, haven't had a national championship since 97. Uh, and since the playoffs have you know been instituted, we haven't had a seat at the table. So when you come to Michigan, you understand the pressure that is there. You understand that you're supposed to beat your rivals, Michigan State, Notre Dame, and Ohio State. When you don't, there's going to be a lot of lights that, that shine on every aspect, offense, defense, special teams, and coaching staff, program-wide. There's going to be a lot of pressure. So you can't hide from it, nor should you, but you have to take that as motivation. What... It, not necessarily taking into account what people are saying, but the fact that they are even talking about you and in not a positive way, you have to take that as motivation and go out there and play better. Number four on our seven from 77. Immediately after this loss to now, what are the captains doing? What would you be doing if you were a 2020 captain to right the ship? It's all about focus. It's focus in the meeting rooms and attention to detail, making sure that every I is dotted, every T is crossed. And when you go out to practice, this should be the best week of practice, the most physical week of practice that they have had because this is unacceptable. All right, you have to go out there. And, and this is what I said in, when we were talking about um, you know the, the question one is there was no response. It was what you didn't see on the film that that needs to be corrected. And it's up to the captains to motivate these guys. It's up to the captains to make them feel that sense of urgency to go out there and play better, to be more physical, to be, even if you don't win the game, at least come out knowing that you were the most physical team in that football game. Number five, let's talk a little Indiana. Off to a 2-0 start. Overtime win over Penn State. Last weekend, 16-point victory at Rutgers. They have their highest ranking since 1987. Curious what has stood out to you about Tom Allen and the Hoosiers' ability to really become a factor in the Big Ten. They want it. They want it bad. They have been close. They have, I mentioned earlier, they have taken a number of these Michigan games into overtime, into double overtime. Last year, they were close to Penn State. They were close to Michigan State. They've, they've been in it to halftime or even into the second half with Ohio State. They just haven't found a way to get over the hump. This team is, they are so desperate for attention and for wins. They want it. It's, They've got, you know, and for all those Rocky fans out there, they play this that, that song, Eye of the Tiger. If you look into their eyes, and if you look into the, how they play, and what it, it is a no-nonsense, we want it more than anybody else type of team. Number six on our seven from 77. Let's talk about some of the other Big Ten games from last weekend. We start Ohio State 38, Penn State 25. What'd you see? I just saw an Ohio State team that is very methodical, uh, and they they obviously opened up a fourteen nothing lead to start that game. Uh, they're explosive. They're good on defense. They can they can run the ball when they want to. They can pass the ball when they want to. They get after the quarterback. Uh, and you know, my hats off to Penn State. They got down fourteen nothing and never gave up the fight in that game. They kept fighting back. Uh, Sean Clifford, I think, is a very competent quarterback. He made a few mistakes in that game, but as they get more comfortable with 
that uh, Kirk Soroka offense, that new, new offensive coordinator in, in Happy Valley, they're going to only improve. And it's just a shame that the atmosphere was lost in this game. And I don't know if, if the atmosphere makes up 13 points, but I know that it does make a big difference not having fans in Happy Valley for a, a possible whiteout. Yeah, it was bizarre to see, no doubt about that. Uh, Purdue off to a 2-0 start. They hold on 31-24 over Illinois. Purdue is is one of those teams where you, you talk about just being able to overcome some things, and, and they've been able to do that. Obviously, Rondale Moore has yet to play this year, but take a look at, at wide receiver David Bell, uh, you know, fre- one of the freshmen of the year last year in the Big Ten, just an unbelievable talent at wide receiver. If they can ever put both of those guys on the field at the same time, look out because it will be dynamic. But Aiden O'Connell, I think, continues to do a, a terrific job from that quarterback position where they're not asking him to do a whole lot. Hey, just throw it out to a, a stud wide receiver and make as many plays as possible. Just don't go out there and lose the game for us, and that's what he's done. Northwestern 21, Iowa 20, a bounce-back season so far for the Wildcats. They're unbeaten, and Iowa 0-2, a couple of narrow losses. Yeah, and, and I don't necessarily know that I'm shocked that Iowa is 0-2 or necessarily that Northwestern's 2-0. Uh, Northwestern picked up a quarterback in Peyton Ramsey, and you know they're not asking him to go out there again and and win the game. They're just asking him to distribute the football, and he's done a good job of that. I know he had an interception in that game, and it came at an inopportune time, but uh, Northwestern's defense has turned around and and created more turnovers, uh, and Patty Fisher, that middle linebacker that that Northwestern has, is an outstanding football player. Uh, They are a tough hard-nosed group. Uh, and then you look at you know the running backs that they have. Isaiah Bowser um, has stepped up and played extremely well. Peyton Ramsey has, has shown that he can make some plays with his feet, but he's a guy, Peyton Ramsey, who has confidence in the Big Ten. He's shown that he can be successful, and I think Indiana is going to miss him. Hopefully, for Indiana's sake, and I know we're going to talk about them more in just a little bit, but you know Michael Penix Jr. has been dinged up over the past couple of years, but Peyton Ramsey... In, in relief of him, has been very successful. He's taken that success to Northwestern. And another thing that I do think we need to touch on is Wisconsin won't be playing again this week. If they miss another game, and, and Michigan and Wisconsin will play in two Saturdays, if Wisconsin can't play in that game, they will be ineligible to play in the Big Ten Championship. So don't be surprised if Northwestern finds a way to sneak in there. They were you know, Big Ten West champs two years ago. We know what happened to them last year. They kind of fell off the rails, and they're right back in it. And that's what a, a coach like Pat Fitzgerald can do for a team of going out there and exploring the transfer portal, but knowing and having confidence in his guys in what he has and coaching the way that he does. Yeah, it'll be fascinating to monitor that Wisconsin situation. The game this Saturday with Purdue already has been canceled. They're up to 27 active cases since October 24th. Fingers crossed they can get things squared away and and, and get some of those players healthy and stop the spread before next weekend uh, for the matchup with the Wolverines. All right, number seven on our seven from 77. Key storylines you're monitoring this coming weekend, Big Ten and nationally. The two big games uh, of note nationally, Clemson at Notre Dame, Georgia versus Florida on a neutral site in Jacksonville. Obviously, the biggest the biggest storyline going into this weekend is Trevor Lawrence will not be playing against Notre Dame. And uh, their, their young quarterback, DJ Ungalele, 
Uh, I think I got that right. I'm not really sure. Uh, I know that some people, he wears number five. He is a a big quarterback. They're calling him Big Cinco. So I'm going to go, I'm going to ride with that one. Uh, But it really comes down to how do they game plan, you know, both sides of the ball. But for Clemson, how do they game plan to get a young, inexperienced quarterback? I know he had some experience last week, but this is going to be a big time environment, a big time game in South Bend to you know, have success, to be able to get the ball out of his hand, to gain some confidence as the as the game goes on. I, I think he did a, a tremendous job last week, and, and I expect nothing less this week. And um, this one is going to – there's a lot of eyes going to be on this game because Notre Dame, obviously, this week this year is in the ACC. This is the matchup that every – when the schedule came out, hey, when is Clemson playing Notre Dame? This one has been circled for some time. And not having Trevor Lawrence is a storyline, but we'll see what this young uh, young Big Cinco can do. Try the last name again. Ungalele. Uh, no, you did not get it right. I'm sure I didn't. Uh, also, the other great nickname is Throwing Samoan. I think I like that even more than Big Cinco. That's a good one. <laughs> that is a good one, yes. Uh, but it's uh, DJ Uyangalele. I was close. You I were. Had the, you I had two, the un you were two and, syllables off. Yeah, Galele. Uh, say that again. Uyangalele. See, I think that was different than the last time you said it. It kind of was, yeah. I, I messed up. <laughs> <laughs> the Throwing Samoan. Yeah, Deej. Way to go. Mm-hmm. Go get him. Uh John Bacon fact, the Bacon Cookbook features 1,817 bacon recipes in it. So if you cook one a day starting today, you'd have a different bacon-themed recipe each day until October 27th, 2025. (laughs) That's a good run. I mean, that's not bad, right? It, it is. It's not bad, but um, I, I would. There's probably a few days where I would have to either double up, um, or I would just have to say, "No, nah, I'm not making that recipe." I don't. I haven't seen any of them, but I'm sure that there are some ingre- ingredients in there that are on the banned list for me, uh, namely vegetables. The great thing is there actually is Michigan football games scheduled in 2025. That would be two days after Michigan is scheduled to host Iowa. So uh, we can look forward. You can basically plan out your game day foods. Now, who knows what the pandemic of all these schedules are going to change. They probably will. But there are football schedules in 2025 where we can get the bacon cookbook to. Hey, that sounds good to me. And, and we're going we're gonna to transition here to Carlo Kemp in just a minute. But uh, uh, Cook & White is employee-owned and operated and has been in business for over 85 years. They're fully licensed and insured. Cook & White can be your full-service provider from water heaters to generators and everything in between. They service most makes and models and offer annual maintenance contracts for both residential and some commercial. Cook & White sells whole house standby generators, high efficiency furnaces and air conditioners, water heaters, humidifiers, boilers, and indoor air quality products to keep your home running at its best. Doing annual maintenance may prevent you from having an emergent situation down the road. Preventative care is the one thing that can keep you up to date on the status of your equipment. Visit cook-white.com to learn more or call 734-663-0204. Now let's go ahead and have that conversation with Captain Carlo Kemp. Captain Kemp has joined us 
on uh, in the trenches, and that is Carlo Kemp, senior defensive lineman. And Carlo, I know that um, you're you're halfway to getting over a loss in regards to time and getting to the next game. But how has what were the the, the days after um, last Saturday? What was what was Sunday like for you guys? Uh, you know, for me personally, you know, Sunday was just, you know, felt like the longest day ever. Um, just because I really didn't get much sleep the night before. It's just really hard to, you know, move on and concentrate on pretty much anything other than, you know, what had happened, uh, during the game. And it felt like every time I just closed my eyes, I could see every single play being replayed over and over again. So definitely you know feels good to you know get back into the routine get back to working um that Sunday is just you know there's not much to do you know it's just recovery and watch film watch tape and obviously you don't like watching tape uh when you lose a game of course so it just felt like the day was long forever and pretty dreary but now getting back to the routine like I had mentioned and, you know, like you said, it's only halfway recovered until you're able to really erase that game. And the only way to do that is uh, this coming Saturday. I'm sure you're like most guys that when the game is over, especially a game like that, even before you get to, you know, watch the film with your coaches or before you get back to Schembechler Hall and you watch it by yourself, if you have that opportunity before meetings, you probably, when you close your eyes, you play that film over and over and over again uh, in your head. How do you put that behind you so you don't drive yourself just absolutely bonkers thinking about the game? Right. You know, and going back to, you know, Saturday night, early Sunday morning, it was like anytime I just wanted to close my eyes, kind of try to fall asleep. It's like I could see every single play of the game. Um so the only way to do that is just to take the plays that, you know, you weren't successful on, uh, take the plays on that you weren't, you know, collectively successful on, and you just got to practice them. And you got to do the things that uh, would have made the play different, would have made the outcome different for your team uh, in those situations. And, you know, you got to build from it um, just because those won't be the last times that you get into situations like that, you know, when you're in close games and it's going back and forth and uh, one side, one team is, you know, waiting to make that play, make that break. And um, going forward, you want to be the team that does that. So it's being prepared for those situations. Uh, when that play call comes and you get that look again from an offense, it's, you know, doing it this way and uh, trying to stay away from, you know, something that you may have done earlier in the season. Uh, you're one of the captains of the team. What do you tell the team to, you know, I don't know if you guys talk to the team after the game. I'm sure, you know, whether it was Sunday or Monday, there's, there's things that you guys do as captains, whether it's by choice or just something that you do innately. How do you help the team as a leader of this team get over that? And like you said, turn the page because Indiana is no slouch. Exactly. Um, you know, the, you know, right after the game, you know, one of the biggest things I was focusing on and you, you realize as a, you know, as a team and, you know, as a leader, captain on the team, 
you can you can drive this team in two different ways. You know, you can drive this team on the on the on the low that we have we're feeling right there in the locker room and uh, feed into the feeling sorry for yourself, feed into the why didn't I make this play? Why 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 was the outcome this way? It wasn't supposed to be like this. Or you can realize everything that happened. You know, we at the end of the day we lost the game and they beat us. And it's how do we move on? How do we respond? How do we recover from that? And going forward, we have, you know, not a lot of games left, but we have all meaningful games. And, you know, with all Big Ten play, every game uh, that we talk about, it's worth two. Um, so it's moving forward. It's how you respond. And the only way to do that and the only way to, uh, you know, get back to what we want to do is how hard we attack this week how hard we did attack this week and, you know, being more vocal on some of the things that we can't stand for anymore. Um, you know, not things that, uh, to jump on guys, but, you know, getting people to realize that we're at the point now in our season that things that might've been happening before can't be tolerated no more. They can't happen because every game, every play, matters so much more now at this point. Well, and it's interesting you say that because, and I never thought of it this way. I mean, college football seasons used to be nine games. We've grown accustomed to, you know, when I played it was 11. Now it's 12. With the bowl game, it's 13. Now that it's not, well, it's eight games in the regular season and get to that championship weekend. Is there added pressure each game? Does it feel like, you know, there's there's a mountain ahead of you because – every game is 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 magnified because there's only eight you know there's not that pressure that you feel but it's that it's that extra inf, uh, emphasis and how much more critical and especially you know after this you know this loss um you know the things that you you just view tape differently and that's just how it is you know when you watch a win you love to see all the good things that you do you look at the things that you didn't do, but you don't look at them as critical because they weren't as crucial into determining the outcome of the game. Uh, when you win, you win. Mm -hmm. um, but it's now looking at things that happened in this game, and you look at them a lot more harshly and under a microscope because, you know, like you had just said, it's not that pressure, but it's that it's the the extra emphasis you got to put on every practice. And getting you know everyone to understand what happens in practice is what's going to happen in the game. So that's why you got to you know practice to the best of your ability as perfect as you can. Because when you get into that game, you know it's never going to be like practice. But you got to be as close to as ready and as close to uh, feeling as confident as you do. You know when you're in a in a in your home stadium and in an away stadium. Well. It, the, the tough thing about foot, the great thing about football is that it's it, there are a lot of they're tough guys, mentally tough guys, and the bad thing about football is that there's seven days between the games, right? And so you don't get a chance to go yeah. back out there and and correct things or get that taste out of your mouth. And now that you know, how important is it um, as we start to turn the page to Indiana that you guys come away with the win this weekend? You know, like you just said, you get one shot, and I'm sure you know the uh, one of the biggest feelings after that game on 
Saturday was, you know, let's play again. Let's run it back. Um, you know, it's, unfortunately, it's not like basketball where, you know, you might have a seven-game series to to be able to, you know, get that. Um, but that's what makes football so beautiful is you get your one shot every Saturday to lay it all on the line. And that's why, you know, coming looking forward to this Saturday with this upcoming game, you know, it's a, it's a huge point for us going forward um, as we're trying to get that taste of, you know, that sour taste out of our mouth and move forward and propel us, you know, into this next part of the season, which would be huge for us going down into the, you know, stretch of games that we have coming up. For Indiana, now I want to go a little bit down memory lane. I don't know how much you remember of, because of, you've, you know, this is your fifth year, um, and you've had four different experiences of, of, you know, whether it's going to Bloomington or, or in Ann Arbor, there's been double overtime games, there's been, uh, you know, overtime games has come down to the wire. Last year was a little bit different, um, and and but you know there was it was unique because of of the weather. Um, what when you look back over your time um, and your battles against Indiana, what's what's a few highlights you might be able to share with us? Uh, you know, I guess one of the biggest highlights uh, was going back to 2017 um, when we were at Indiana and. We were, I think we went into overtime, right? Overtime mm-hmm. with them. Um, you know, and, you know, I didn't really play a whole lot. And it was, you know, that was kind of like, you know, my first experience of like getting into games and feeling part of it. And it was just a cool experience to, you know, be part of the game, watch the game, but, you know, just be in a, in a, a crucial moment of, you know, pressures on, ultimate pressure, and being able to walk away with a win was just, uh, you know, those are the games you remember. Um, you know, 2017 was awesome. Um, but going back to 2016, uh, I was a freshman and the snow game. And <laughs> it was senior night, and, you know, all those seniors that we had on that team is just like, you know, the foundation of everything I've always tried to you know, to be like, I've always tried to mimic them. Um, cause when I came in, you know, we had seniors that first of all, every one of them are all at the next level and playing at very high levels, but they are all high character people. They knew what it meant to play at Michigan and how to carry yourself. But, you know, that's besides the point, you know, speaking about the game, you know, it was senior night and, you know, it was, you know, I didn't play, but man, I wanted to do as much as I could to make sure that these seniors went out and won this game. But just the atmosphere of, you know, all of a sudden it was, you know, getting dark. It was it was warm out, and then all of a sudden it started dumping snow. And I just remember everybody, you know, going out there sliding, making snow angels, and you know, that was just a memory that uh, I'll never forget. Now that this is going to be, this is your last go round um, of every time uh, down to Bloomington. Uh, obviously, at the end of the year, it's the last trip down to Columbus. Um, how is this year building for you? Like when you look back and you say, "Okay, against Minnesota, this is what I did, and I tried to improve on this." Against Michigan State, this is what we did, and this is how I did. I tried to improve on that. What is it on a weekly basis that you, as a player, as an individual, try to? get better at um one of the biggest things you know week to week is just 
what I always love to focus on is how can I, you know, make other people more successful. And that's when I'm watching tape, am I, am I making it harder for, you know, our linebackers to see the hole, to, to get their run throughs, to get their fits, to, you know, to make their tackles? Or am I making it easier on them? Am I doing a good job, you know, defeating my block, holding the double team up for them and, uh, making sure that they have it to where they got, they can see everything clearly and they don't got to focus on, Oh, here comes an extra, you know, 400 pounds getting thrown at them. Um, and by making it easier for, you know, Aiden and, and Quiddy, those guys, they don't have to, you know, pass rush for 40 seconds and they're able to just do moves that they want. And they don't feel like they have to, uh, you know, change anything up because they know we're, you know, we're doing, we're getting our pressure on the inside and we're getting the pocket closed and they feel like they can just do any move that they want in the book. And that's, you know, that's always been my biggest thing. Obviously I want to, you know, improve myself and, and keep getting better, but I also want to make sure that I'm not making anyone's job on, on our defense harder than it needs to be and making people feel like they got to go out of their way to, you know, to do their job and someone else's. Um, but the, you know, looking at, you know, week to week, that's always the biggest thing. And I'm always more excited when, you know, any one of, any one of my teammates make a play versus myself, just because, you know, that's what you play for. That's what it's all about. Seeing someone else happy and, you know, celebrating their successes is more important than my own success, just because we've all been here for so long and, you work so hard and you grind for so long just to get a sack, just to get a tackle, just to get a TFL, to get a pick. And you know everything that goes into it and you know that they don't just come every single time you're on the field. So that's what, you know, that's what makes it special. And those are the things that I'm always trying to focus on week to week. Has the, uh, has the testing um, in regards to the coronavirus, has that just every, and all of the new protocol has that just become part of your daily routine now? Is it, is it much of an inconvenience like maybe it was at the beginning? Oh, not at all. I'm so I'm so used to the testing life, to the mass life, to the hand sanitizer, to the <laughs> I'm so used to it. I, I'll be in my own car with my mask on just because I'm so I'm used. To, I'll be in my own house with the mask. I, I don't know if I'll ever take the mask off. Honestly, I've grown so close with the with the N95, I, I don't know. I think I'm always going to be in a mask from now on. But the, the the testing is just wake up, daily swab, <laughs> start your day off right. I mean, yeah. that, that'll wake you up. And if you thought you were sleeping, well, as soon as you test yourself, you'll be up for the rest of the day. In regards to outside of football, like academics and classes, What's that process been like right now? Because I know there was a, and in, you know, up until, gosh, I think it was the third or the fourth, I can't remember what day it is, um, but there was a, you know, shelter in place order for students. How has that changed how you guys operate with still being able to go to the football facility, but you're, you can't necessarily do everything you would normally do as a student? Right. Um, you know, we kind of all made that decision a long time ago, back in June, when we came back that if we wanted to play football, if we wanted to be as safe as possible, and if we didn't want to get shut down, 
because we knew that was always a possibility that we had to do things, you know, differently. And we had to do things that not just protect ourselves, but protected everybody on this team. Um, so, you know, with all those shelter in place orders that have happened in the past, and I think we're under them still now, but we've kind of just been in our own kind of routine in our own kind of bubble. Um, and you know, I personally, I don't even know all the things that really go on. I don't know. I didn't know that, you know, the governor had put that rule in, I think for Washington County, um, just because you're so ingrained and I'm just in the routine of, I wake up, I go to the facility, I get tested, get my treatment, time for practice, time for lift. Then I go back home. Um, there's really no, no time. And you just, you have to be as you know disciplined and as safe as possible that you're not going out, um, to, to restaurants, to, you know, movies or just anything that, you, you know, just going to a movie, just something, mm-hmm. something we normally do, uh, last year, but you just don't want to take that chance because, you know, a lot of us talk about it. It's not if, you know, one of us gets the virus. What a lot of us don't want to do and what a lot of us couldn't live with is like knowing that I got someone else's season taken away. And that that's kind of that motivation behind all of our decisions to, you know, when we, when we hang out, you know, we're all together and we just kind of go from our houses to Schembechler and you know that's all we're doing yeah it's uh it, it's the accountability and and I, I always get asked you know how can these are college students and you know how can we expect them to make this sacrifice and my answer has always been you guys have made and, and us as former athletes we're used to making sacrifices just so we can walk mm-hmm. on the field in normal right. times this is just a different right. sacrifice to be able to make and um, I, I, I've only got a couple more and I, I really appreciate your time. This has probably gone a little bit longer than you had signed up for, but, um, I, I, I don't think I've ever asked you this because you've been on the podcast a number of times. You've been on the radio show a number of times. You're always my go-to guy, uh, because it's such a great conversation, but what are, what, what's your goals in terms of, of graduating? Have you already graduated? Are you in grad school? Where are you at in your academic uh, journey? Right. So I graduated uh, back in December, just this past December, so 2019. I graduated and uh, started uh, graduate school in January. And uh, what, uh, what's, what type of graduate work are you doing? So I'm in the, uh, the social work program right now and uh, just really enjoying it. Um, definitely learning a lot and uh, – it's been good, you know. My first, my first half of classes uh, in January from March before we got canceled were, you know, all in person, and it was really cool to learn that way. Mm-hmm. But I've also had a really good experience with, you know, getting a lot of, uh, you know, you get online, you you, you do learn a lot, um, just because you're just able to kind of just sit there and let your teacher talk and. Uh, I say one of the biggest things really with this virtual learning is just the confidence and the comfort to, you know, to talk in class, um, you know, cause you're, you know, you're at your home, you feel good and you know, everyone's, you know, 
showing their face on the zoom call and you know when other people start talking or you lead the discussion you know it's always good and i think that's one of been one of the best things and one of the positive things from all these zoom classes is you know you get to learn a lot from your peers as well from your instructor so i know that um you obviously come from a football family we've talked about that before and i always thought i would play football forever and and that didn't turn out to be the case i hope you play football for a long time but when it's all (laughs) done what do you want to do in in when I and I and I said this to myself like when I become a normal person when I become a real uh, adult, um, what do you want to mm-hmm. do when when your time comes to become a real adult? <laughs> I know, it, and you know that's one of the reasons why I'm taking uh, or why I wanted to be in the graduate program here at Michigan for social work uh, is because I love to work with uh, uh, middle school age kids, mm-hmm. um, and I've been doing so here at. Mi- at Michigan uh, over the years, just working with uh, the youth from the community here. And um, hopefully, you know, on campus, I started a nonprofit uh, my sophomore year here. So one of the biggest things is I just been wanting to be able to learn in this social work program, how to, how to be the best at doing so and how to, how to continue to grow. And hopefully uh, when that day comes, being able to grow the nonprofit uh, to to many states and to help as many kids across the country as possible, that's something I, you know, I love to do and look forward to doing. So hopefully, what's your nonprofit? Uh, it's called Goals for Souls, and um, we started back in my sophomore year here, mm-hmm. and we just we've worked with kids from Detroit, uh, Ypsilanti, uh, Flint, um, over the years and just doing a mentorship program and, um, uh, youth development through school and sports. And it's, we've only been able to do it. Uh, we weren't able to do it this year, obviously, Mm -hmm. but in the future, it's, it's something I would just love to continue to grow and, and make um, as big as possible. And, you know, I was like I said, that's one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to be in the social work program is uh, get to learn from professors that do this at the highest level and are very well-trained at going into communities and helping them and engaging. And um, that's something I'd like to do in the future and maybe move more into community outreach and community engagement one day. Well, Carlo, I, uh, whatever community I'm in, I hope that you're in it as well too, because it's, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I know you got big things ahead of you and none bigger than the Indiana Hoosiers this coming Saturday. So best of luck as you continue to prepare. That's right. Best of luck as you continue to prepare for them. And, uh, thank you for your time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Love being on here. Well, I want to say thanks to Carlo Kemp uh, for giving of his time. He's always very generous and always great. It's a tough conversation to have after a loss like that, but uh, we are moving forward, looking forward to this weekend's game in Bloomington. Make sure to pay attention to the MGO Blue podcast feed because uh, you can see the Defend the Block, which is brand new this week. Conquering Heroes this past week was out again. Uh, 
tomorrow we will have the keys to the game as well as a brief locker room speech. And then uh, on Saturday, obviously, the the Wolverines travel down to Bloomington to take on the Hoosiers. And after the game, we will have a post of myself, Brian Bush, Coach uh, Harbaugh, some players, and, and some recap of the game. So stay tuned right here for all of your Michigan football, Michigan athletics information and we will continue to bring you as much as we possibly can here on in the trenches thanks for listening to this week's edition of in the trenches with john jansen part of our michigan athletics podcast network and go blue podcasts the preceding is a learfield img college presentation of the michigan sports network Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.